sitting down and just starting the conversation because I think it's the hardest part as an adult um, when you don't have the answers, you know, and you said that. I don't have the answers. I don't know how to even, you know, approach these questions as an adult. How do you make sense to a 12-year-old, you know, or an 8-year-old? Um, and so the important part is that you put yourself out there anyways and you invite the dialogue because I think that's the biggest part is when we don't talk about it, that's when the kids really, you know, internalize and, you know, turn into worries and what if, you know, feel like it's not being recognized. So truly, honestly, step one is saying, oh, you know, I'm an adult and I don't know how to take all this in. How are you doing? You know, and the fact that you did that last night, (laughs) you know, with 12-year-olds, which is a tough age, you know, they're old enough to know they're not little kids anymore and you don't have the answers. You know, that's actually the hardest part. So one of the things I have been saying to um, adults, parents, it's okay not to have answers because I think that's so uncomfortable, you know, to honestly say, I don't know, I don't understand, you know, it has me thinking too, because then they get to see you be honest, um, but then you move into a place of, I want to spend some time finding out how you're doing, and then move into how do we ground ourselves? How do we ground ourselves? What do we do in our world, our community, our school? Um, so you just sort of narrow it, which I think makes them feel safer, and then you sort of help them work through their action steps, and I think as a parent the whole time, you're listening, you know, you're gathering information, you're trying to understand where they are because you know your kids best, you know, and the more information you have, then the more you can move forward with, you know, where do I start to help them, even if I can't fix this big problem. Yeah, the stresses and the anxiety of these children alone, going into the classroom, leaving their house, and then they have this on top, you know, it's a stressful situation, it's a stressful conversation, and you're, you're trying to prevent the overload, right? Absolutely, yeah, and extraordinarily. And I, and I know one of the things, you know, people have been talking about, even at what age, you because know, I think a lot of people think, oh, not to they're older, but no, like you said, it's extraordinary overload. Even younger ones, they feel it, you know, they still hear it on social media or on TVs, and they hear families talking about it, so they know, even if they don't fully understand the details and all that accumulated stress, all they know is they start to feel unsafe in the world. And so, you know, they really are when they're sitting down with you, Am I okay in my school? You know, are we okay in Akron, Ohio? You know, are we? Because it just feels like every week it can be at the grocery store, it can be at a school. And like you said, you're trying to sort of reground them and how do I feel safe? How do I go out there and live life? And I think that's, as a parent, you know, part of what you're trying to say is, I don't have a good answer right now because I want to bubble wrap you and not send you out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, I need to help you learn how to not just be resilient, but keep living life even with these horrible things that bring all this anxiety and stress, how do we help you get through it? And then hopefully also build your reserves, because I think counteracting stress, you know, doing things to be able to relax, do things with the family, spend time with friends, like all of that helps your biological body settle down so it's not one straight nerve all the time. Um, and so that's something that you can you know, have leadership in when you know your child and how they respond. With us is Dr. Laura Gurak, again, psychologist with Akron Children's Hospital. And Laura, so many educators also listening to the show this morning, administrators and teachers that are having conversations, tough ones, emotional ones, again, with their students. What about from a teacher's perspective? Well, I will start with I'm giving them extraordinary thanks because they really are on the front line. And I say that teaching for students all year, um, but in these situations, um, literally, and I don't mean, you know, I know 
weaponized way. I just mean they're the ones with their kids all day. And so, like you said, they see the looks on their faces. They know when they're losing concentration, when they're getting more distracted, they're forgetful, they're not on their game. And, you know, the kids are worried, you know, and what ifs and the questions they have. Um, so the fact that teachers, principals, you know, resource folks, everybody in the school environment is there. Um, first of all, I just need to say thank you because I can't tell you how much, you know, our community, we appreciate you, but more so how that is the very thing that creates security in the kids. And again, elementary school, middle school, high school, even high school where they may not let you know it, um, is they value that, like seeing the same faces, having you be there the next day and saying good morning, uh, having them say, depending on the age, here's our resources. If you want to talk, here's some opportunities. You know, it's been a year now, so if for most teachers could have been in your class, you know, for the full year, you know, you you know the ones who got quieter. You know the ones who just look like, you know, you're in the headlights. Uh, the ones who might be acting up a little more, you know, and you're thinking, what is that? It's like, oh, it's also the end of the school season, you know, but. Um, so I just think that they also, from the front line, they have known our kids for this year now. You know, they see them, they may see changes that they can share with you. Uh, but it's one of the things I'm asking you parents to dialogue with their kids about, because I think schools are fabulous, unfortunately, these days in how they prepare. They usually are good about communicating um, to families, this is what we did, or this is what we're gonna, going to do, based on the age of the you know, kids in school. Um, and, and that piece of, you guys work as a team, so if the school is sharing with you, then as parents, you know, you know, okay, this is what they're doing, this is where I can pick up, what can I do to help? And then that message to your child, again, starts to create a net of security again and then to feel like you're in a safe place. This is what they're doing. Um, one of the things I do say is you dialoguing with your own kids is to say, who are your safe people? Like, who do you know in the school? Again, it's you've been there all year. You know, who, who are your go-tos? Um, you know, I know that there's helpers everywhere. There's helpers in this school. That's what they're there for. Um, and it's hard because you could drift off into that piece of, yeah, but they couldn't stop this yet, right? And, and, and like you say, how do you answer that? Um, and, and be honest, you know, you can be genuine and say yes. You know, they, they were not able to stop but how quickly you know, they were able to, you know, get to attend, you know, some of the kids who were hurt. I hadn't heard that number yet, you know, but to realize that um, they stopped as quick as they could. Everybody on the scene there and how quickly they were to try to be responsive and then turning it back to your child to say, who are your school? You know, who are your people? You know, what do you think in terms of resource officers, guidance counselors, teachers? And just be able to get, even if you get one or two names, you know, part of it is, again, they're just creating more words of security is who are the folks. And if they can't identify, you can throw out yours, you know, to say, you know, I've always thought, you know, so-and-so is a great job. It might be a coach. It might be a teacher. It could be anyone. Um, and I'm, I'm sure so-and-so, you know, not only would be right there, you know, but would be right by your side. Um, and in that way, you're sort of instilling these quiet messages of you've got people to your left, people to your right, people who will be there for you. Um, and that's what I have to count on. It's when I put you on the bus, right, when I send you out in the morning. Dr. Laura Gurak with a psychologist, Akron Children's Hospital. Uh, Dr. Gurak, let me ask you this. Extreme cases, and I was reading last night some of the stories coming out of Texas and really across the country where some parents have had a tough time uh, getting their kids to, to get the backpacks on and go back to school. They've been so frightened with anxiety. Those are tough conversations, but they might need, speaking of parents, some additional help 
to get those fears put aside by some of these students who don't want to go back into these classrooms. Absolutely. And that has been a couple of my thoughts. More as a psychologist is how easy it would be to say, you know, at the end of the year, I don't want to go back. I'm scared. And I say that on behalf of parents and the kids, you know, because the parents may feel the same way when they're sending the kids off that morning. You know, you have a very different picture in your head Thursday morning than you did Wednesday morning. And the idea of sending your children into the world and feeling safe and then not, it's really hard to have a game face and save your child. No, it's okay, go. You know, they'll take good care of you today. And then the caveat, you only have so many days left. You know, we're just going to get through these days. Um, But I think it is important is at all possible to really support them in going. In fact, even if they go and they try, and, you know, I'm sure schools with accommodations, if they get there and they can't, you know, they pick you up, we'll talk, you know, if you can't. Um, but I think it's important for you to go there. And even the idea of being with your community, being with other kids, you know, being in the school, that's one of the ways that we say life doesn't stop, you know, and we are in control of our world and we're not going to let the really hard stuff, the bad stuff. We can't let that you know, drive us into our homes. And from an anxiety perspective, um, the more they avoid it, especially on day one and going forward, the harder time they're going to have actually sort of sitting over the fence to go back. So especially since it's the end of the year, you know, anything you can do to say, you know, it's a few days, you know, let's do this and you have a break, um, really help minimize long-term anxiety and avoidance as their solution. Because otherwise, that's what they're doing. They're coping just by not going, and then they really are just blocking those feelings. Um, and part of our jobs as parents, again, regardless of age, is helping them build skills, tools, um, to learn how to cope, even with the scary stuff. Um, and avoidance doesn't get you far. It builds. Um, I, I, one of the other things I know folks were thinking about, wondering, is the reactions you may see in your children. And I was just thinking typically the first couple of days, so it will not be a surprise if the rest of the week you see differences, changes, talk. The long weekend may make a difference, and by next week, you know, if school's out for some, but if not, I might hope to see things downshift a bit and sort of even out. But the next couple of days, as you said, are going to be hard.